Hi, everyone. Welcome again to the Press On podcast. Today, by God's grace, we're going to conclude our three-part podcast on truth, tragedy, and triumphs that we find from the life and ministry of Jeremiah. Again, if you have your Bible, because that's where we begin, Jeremiah chapter 3. As a reminder, I'd like to just encourage you, uh, perhaps you're joining the podcast for the first time and uh, you're hearing, you'll hear this message that I'm sharing, but you'll want to know what were the previous two. Really encourage you to go back. I believe that uh, this is a timely message. I think that it'll be uh, a blessing to you. And frankly, if I may say, I, th- I think it's an urgent message that's really needed. So I really do encourage you to go back. We've talked about God's truth, and we, we spoke in times past how much God loves us, that we're created for His plans and His purposes, and how we reflect His love to us by loving Him. Now, love is not just an emotion, it's a commitment. And God committed himself to his people, and his people always commit themselves to him. And in service to him, sometimes we're going to see things. If you're doing a podcast, sometimes you have to say things that are not always easy. And I spoke last time on tragedy, when truths are turned into tragedy. And even though men somehow uh, want to latch hold of God's love, Uh, we unfortunately want to reject his commandments. We want to reject the idea that God is love, but he's also holy, and that he's also just. And uh, rejection of God is uh, unfortunately what brings correction, and if correction is not received, and then destruction. I know last week, or the last podcast, rather, that when you, uh, if you joined me on that, you... Uh, I'm sure saw in me, heard in me, but I'm, I'm believing by God's Word that in you too, that Word of truth reverberated in your own soul. You felt the weight of the tragedy that is befalling uh, us in our generation today. We are a nation, we are a world that is headed toward tragedy unless uh, we turn tragedy into triumph. I know that uh, that is true, and I'm going to share it with you beginning in Jeremiah chapter 3, that God had had called Jeremiah and had put in him his words. Jeremiah had to go and speak this to the nation, the nation that by and large had rejected God, had re-imaged him into a different kind of God, had brought in false religions and false practices. Uh, And God, through Jeremiah, repeatedly, uh, for 40 years, called them uh, back to him. God would call them uh, to come back. Uh, If you don't, I'll allow your sins to correct you. But if you will not be corrected, then a tragedy will befall this nation. And of course, in hindsight, we can go back and read uh, the book of Jeremiah, which I highly encourage you to do, that uh, very few people, in fact, the New Testament would call them a remnant, of a remnant of people listened, heard, and responded, and they returned to God, and they cried out to God. But by and large, this, the, the, the society at that time, they did not. And uh, if you follow this thought into the New Testament, uh, I would like to say, I don't have to share this, but I do, 
The fact is that there is still in our day today a remnant. I, I know in America uh, we're called a Christian nation, but if you've been listening, if you've been watching, but even more, if you've been discerning uh, by the Holy Spirit according to God's Word, you will know that we really are in a post-Christian society and that we are on a downward spiral. Uh, I know uh, I'll be labeled like some others, uh, doom and gloom and uh, whatever else. Uh, Be that as it may, you know, a weatherman can look out over the weather, uh, uh, like a meteorologist. He can look out. He can look at weather patterns and this and that factor. He comes on the news at night and he says to you, uh, from all that we see, uh, there's a storm coming. And there's going to be uh, extraordinarily bad weather, high waves, uh, uh, there's going to be squalls, going to have uh, 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 hurricane uh, winds. I urge you, do not go out on the weather. Everybody listens to the man, and they immediately react and start boarding up and tying things down. But when a preacher comes on and says the same thing in a spiritual context with the Word of God, Somebody looks at him and says, you're an idiot, says you're a doomsayer, and they turn the radio off or move on to something else. That's only because we talked before that there's three kinds of people in every nation. There's the rejectors of God, the religious toward God, and the relational with God. And that does not change, unfortunately, in our generation and uh, in, in our world today. So we talked about that, but how do we turn tragedy into triumph. In in the midst of that tragic, tragic, tragic situation in Jeremiah's life, uh, Jeremiah has this in chapters 3, verse 7 and 10. And I, this is God, God says, after Israel has done all of these things, all of these rejections, all of these defilements, the breaking of my commandment, the breaking of my heart, the, 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 the uh, uh, rejection of my word, uh, the intrusion, the, the, the inclusion, rather, of false gods and idols and uh, uh, all of these abominations after she has done all these things, God says to Israel, return to me. Isn't that wonderful? Return to me, oh God, today. We have to hear this word of Christ, return to me. This is it, in simplicity. My friends, uh, all that America has done and is doing right now that is is, uh, rushing us toward judgment, the Word of God says still, return to me. But here it says that she did not return. She is not turned to me with her whole heart, but only in pretense, says the Lord. Only in pretense. My friends, this is something else. A false repentance will not stop God's judgments. A false repentance. A repentance that's in vain. A a repentance that's in pretense. pretense. Uh, God says many draw near to God, but they draw near externally, but their hearts are far from Him. Many people speak the things of God. They speak the name of God. They speak the Word of God. They speak the Christian life, and yet their hearts are far from him. Many are saying, Lord, Lord, and he says, I, I don't know you. A false, a false repentance will not do. 
false crocodile tears will not do. God is not looking at any of these things. He's looking at the heart. Jeremiah had to face this, uh, that God was saying, return to me. They were saying, we're coming to you. But it was all uh, superficial. It was all uh, facade. And he says it won't do. In Jeremiah chapter 3, he continues to write what God is saying. And it says this, God says, just acknowledge your iniquity that you have transgressed against the Lord your God. If you will do this, if you will truly confess your sins, if you will con- uh, with your whole heart acknowledge your iniquities, confess your sins that I am wrong, that I've rejected you, he says, I will heal your backslidings. The people said, indeed, we do come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Now notice the difference. First time they say, uh, uh, they, come, they come back to God, but they do it in a pretense. Now he says, if you'll just acknowledge your iniquity, if, you'll tr- if you will confess that you've transge- transgressed against the Lord your God, I will heal you. The people said, indeed, we do come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Now notice, we lie down in our shame, and our reproach covers us. For we have sinned against the Lord our God, and we've not obeyed the, the, the voice of the Lord our God. You see how authentic? When you, when you have that whole heart repentance, you're going to confess to God what God has been saying of you. He has been saying to uh, the people of Israel and Judah, you have sinned, you've transgressed, you've committed iniquity, you've done abominations, you've been man-centered, you've cast me out. Oh, we're so sorry. He said, oh, that's false repentance. That's not anything going to help you. When the people then realized and let the weight of their sin come on them, they said, we lie down in our shame. The reproach, the guilt, the conviction weighed upon us. We have sinned. We agree with you. We confess it. We acknowledge it. Our whole hearts say, yes, we're guilty. We deserve the, the judgment that you said was coming. We deserve it. God says, then, if you will return and return to me and put away your abominations. Many of you are asking, how do, we, how do I know when my confession is true? How do I know when my repentance is authentic? Here's how you know. You put away the abominations out of your sight. And he says, if you do this, you will never be moved. My friends, some of you have confessed your sin. You have cried over the consequences. You know, you know that it's sin. And yet, you continue to walk in sin, and you're confused. You don't know why. And it's this reason, a false repentance. You say, but I mean it. I... Did you put away your sin? Did you stop sinning? Did you take whatever that was and get rid of it out of your life? And, and I know you're waiting. You're, you're waiting to see if I'll start listing sins that you can get rid of. I'm not going to do that. But I will tell you this. True repentance will be seen when people put away their sins. You've got to reject sin. You have to turn away from it. You're going to love God and hate your sin, or you'll compromise with God and love your sin, and that will be a false repentance, and it will not stop the consequences of sin nor the judgment of God. 
This was a hard lesson for the people then, and it's a hard lesson for us today. But listen to what he says. If you will acknowledge your sin, if you will return to me with your whole heart and put away your abominations, you will never be moved. A whole heart repentance and change behavior will put you on a road of restoration. Oh, man, so many of you need to hear that. I know I've talked about truth, and I've talked about tragedy, and it is true. But I'm also—it's uh, a, a weird thing. I mean, I feel uh, the burden. The last uh, podcast I did about the tragedy, I, I was shaking. I, I felt weight upon me. I was emotional. But I, I'm coming back to you today to say you can turn potential tragedy into triumphs. If you'll just agree with God, give your life over to Him. Quit playing games. Quit doing the one foot in and the one foot out. The hokey pokey won't work in the things of God. We've got to go all in. And when we go all in and we make the verbal confessions, we have to follow through by putting away our sins. You're going to lose friends. You may lose some family. It may cost you your job. It may cost you financially. And in fact, somehow in all those classifications, no doubt you're going to pay a price. But this is the difference. You're going to pay a price of loss in some sense, not really, but you're going to, you're going to suffer this way. You're going to be suffering for righteous sake. And God says you'll never be moved. Why? Because in Psalms, he says, you will be like a tree planted by living waters. Your roots will go down deep. The winds may blow, you'll not be moved. Trouble may come, but you'll not be moved. You may be shaken, but you'll not be moved. He will root, ground, and establish you in Christ Jesus to where you can uh, 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 withstand anything that comes along in life. People are asking me today, if we're headed toward judgment and things are bad now and they're going to get worse, how in the world? Well, the Bible says, how, how, how can any be saved? The disciples scratched their heads and almost maybe in a loss said to Jesus, how can, how can the righteous ever be saved? God says that this is how. You walk with a repentant heart. You walk with a humble spirit. You walk with full commitment to God that you're going to walk in His Word. You're going to uh, uh, walk and yield to His ways. And in doing that, He will plant you. He will root ground and establish you. A wholehearted repentance with changed behavior will bring God's restoration. And, and, and that tragedy, some of you today have already faced tragedy. Some of you are in the midst of tragedy right now. And you're wondering how, and, and you're almost at your wit's end. We've heard and we're seeing an increase of suicide. Uh, the, the family is being blown apart and so forth and so on. But listen, God says this, you'll never be moved if you have a repentant heart. And he says in Psalms, I will turn your mourning into dancing. Amen. He will turn the mourning, the sorrow, the pain he will turn that into joy and laughter. Laughter is like a medicine. 
The laugh of God will be in your heart in the midst of your circumstances. It won't be any goofy kind of stuff, some false spirituality. It'll be authentic. The laugh of God, that Almighty God is with me. He's surrounding me. The angels of the Lord encamp about those who who know the Lord and trust in Him. And as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people. Can somebody say amen? He also says that Christ himself will be the glory and the lifter of your head. He's going to shine upon you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to grace you, and he's going to lift you up. He's going to uh, uh, lift you and hold you. The Bible says he holds you in his uh, righteous right hand, the right hand signifying power and authority. Amen. Instead of your shame, listen to this powerful, Isaiah 61, verse 7. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion, and everlasting joy will be yours. How do you turn the triumph, uh, the, the tragedy of sin? You're, the, the, the times we've rejected, the times we've fallen short, the times we've given ourselves over, the times we've been convicted but we've not responded, the time the, the Holy Spirit has been faithful to shine the light in some of those corners and the cracks and the crevices of our life where we hide ungodliness, then we see it. How, how do we move from tragedy to triumph? We confess it. We repent we declare him to be Lord God Almighty. We yield to him, and then he starts to move you and plant you and reposition you. And then he starts to pour out blessings upon you. Instead of shame and guilt and tragedy and brokenheartedness and, and tears, uh, tears of the soul uh, uh, that is un- really dying under the weight of the consequence of sin— Oh, how wonderful. God says, I'm going to give you a double portion. I'm going to grace you, and you're going to begin to rejoice in your inheritance. Our inheritances from God are not only in this world. In fact, most of them aren't. Most of the blessings of God that we, as true believers of Christ, are going to have are going to come in the future. Right now, uh, uh, everyone who walks with God will face troubles, trials, and persecutions. But be of good cheer, he says, I've overcome the world. I've got an inheritance stored away from you, not silver and gold. No moth and rust and corruption can get there, but inheritance. It'll be an, Jesus is going to be our inheritance. Eternity with him is going to be our inheritance. He said, you will inherit a double portion, and everlasting joy will be yours. Do you want joy? Do you need to be lifted up? Do you need a change? And I don't mean just an external change to make you feel good. I'm talking about a change in the heart where repentance breaks through to the light of God's glory, and He repositions you as His child. He brings you into the family of God, perhaps for the first time, and then you walk with Him. Jeremiah continues to pen, and God says in Chapter 30, verse 11 and 17, echoing the same thing from chapter 3, for I am with you to save you. My friend, you do not have to save yourself. In fact, you cannot save yourself. Many have tried through religion. Many have tried through good works. You can't do it. 
You can't do it. People around you might be impressed, but it doesn't impress God. God says, I am. The I am that I am. The Almighty God says, I am with you, and I will save you. And I will not make a complete end of you. I've corrected you in justice, and I will not let you go unpunished. But I will eventually restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. Jeremiah chapter 30, 11 and verse 17. Please read that. I will restore health to you. And health isn't just the physical. Health in the Bible means the whole man, that holistic view of man, body, soul, and spirit. And he's going to heal you, restore you. Everything that Satan has and is seeking to steal from you. Every attempt of Satan to kill you through your own sin and the sins of the world, God says, I'm going to redeem you out of that. and I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal your wounds. Some of you carry a lot of wounds, a lot of baggage, and you know it. You don't know what to do with it, but it's there. When we confess our sins and we walk with Christ in holiness, when we pursue him as he is in the Bible, he will come and not let you be moved. He reestablishes you. He sets your feet on solid ground, and he begins to heal you. And it's not just so then that you're healed, but he then sends you out into this crooked and perverse world and generation we live in, that you might echo those words to others. And, and I encourage you to listen to this last word. Jeremiah wrote the book of Jeremiah, but he also wrote the following book, Lamentations. He lamented. It means to wail aloud. There was a time when Jeremiah was so brokenhearted, he would just wail. You, you, maybe you've heard it before. A parent has lost a child or something like this. The deepest cry of the soul is often just a wailing, a, a groaning, an, an urging, and uh, a pain that comes out. And he says to, to, to God in chapter 3, Lamentations 3, 20 through 26, and I'm going to leave you with this. Jeremiah, with all this tragedy, he writes this, My soul still remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Listen, Th through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait upon him, to, to the soul who would seek him. It is good that one should have hope and wait quietly for the, Lord, uh, for the salvation of the Lord. Oh, my friend, through the Lord's mercies, we have not been consumed. Through his compassions, we have not been wiped out. Great is your faithfulness, O oh God. My friends, say it out loud with me today. Great is your faithfulness, O oh God. He has stayed with you. He's been there. He's with you right now. He's calling you. Some are dealing in truth. Some are in tragedy. Some are headed to tragedy. And yet triumph can be yours. Let's wait upon the Lord. The Lord is good to those who wait upon him. Are you waiting upon the Lord? Are you listening to his word? Are you crying out to him in your personal space? Before you go public, how are you privately? Those who wait upon him, the Lord is good. If we seek him, we'll have hope, and we can wait for the salvation of the Lord. 
My friends, salvation is of the Lord. He's in the saving business. I just want to end this podcast by praying. You could pray with me. Oh, Father, forgive us our sins and iniquity. We agree with you that we have sinned against you, and we've forgotten you days without end. We have lost the fear of God that holds us back from sinning. We've believed another gospel. We've created another Jesus. We repent, Lord. We say we are guilty. Now forgive us for the sake of Christ. With your mercies, with your compassion and your great faithfulness, come and erase the sin and the stain from our lives. Not only forgive us, but set us on a new place. My friends today who are praying this prayer, oh God, that you would restore them as their feet are freshly planted on a walk with you. We commit our ways now to you, Lord. We look to you to heal us and to set us uh, on a good path, a double portion of blessing. And Lord, we long to see the salvation of the Lord in Jesus' name. God bless you.